True Blue LA podcast. I'm Jacob Birch. Eric Steven, are you there? I am, and this is definitely not the second or third time we've tried to record. Or fifth or sixth. Yeah, you went away right. for a little bit. Trying to, we have a, a an extra special guest uh, joining us today. So a little technical difficulties getting that to work, but I think we're good to go. But before we get there, just real quick, should we just talk real quick about Cody Bellinger? Sure. Who you so, snubbed yeah. last week on our episode? <laughs> That's right. I um I, I wanted did. to talk I, about I how he was the best he... player on the planet, best player on the team, and you were like, you were all about Jock Peterson. I, I kicked him to the curb, and he responded with another week. So you're welcome, I guess. Um, <laughs> that's no, that's yeah. where he's getting this energy from is spiting you. So just to get this out of the way, Cody Bellinger currently on pace for 113 home runs, 292 RBIs. So sustainable. Looking yeah, looking pretty good. Uh, you said you're going to. Thursday's game, right? In St. Louis, correct. Yeah, so that, that's four games from now. If Cody Bellinger hits a home run in the first three games of that series, when you go to the field on Thursday, he'll be on pace for 99.7 home runs. Well, so you better hit two be, then. Yeah, just to be safe. I want that 100, 100 mark. Absolutely. Well, do you want to go ahead and introduce our guest? Sure. So this week, it's not just Jacob and I. Uh, we are proud to welcome the uh, managing editor of True Blue LA, uh, Liz Eastless. Uh, Liz, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me, guys. Sure. Um, so uh, Liz um, took over on the, at the site uh, like in the last month or so, um, and uh, we're just going to get to know her a little better. Um, she's From what I've seen so far, she's been doing a great job. She. She's far more organized than I was when I was running the site, so that's uh, that's a plus in my book. Um, but she just also to start picked off, Cody Bellinger uh, as her player of the series. I want to point that's out true. just just before that, though, I just want to say, like, think of this as the best new artist Grammy. It doesn't necessarily portend like future greatness. It's like it's more of a shot in time. Like the Beatles didn't win best new artist Grammy, so like uh, Millie like, Vanilli I'm did. Just saying, Right, and, and well, first, first of all, that was an awesome album. But anyway, um, yeah. So, are you saying are you saying that Jock Peterson lip synced in the first weekend of the season? I absolutely am. Okay, that's fair. Well, you, he didn't have a hit this last week, so perhaps you're onto something. Just like Nelly um, Vanilli. So, but uh, back to Liz for a second. Liz, um, you are currently a student at USC, right? Yes, it's correct. Okay, so what is your history with the Dodgers? Like, when, did you grow up a Dodger fan? Like, how, when did you start liking them? And like, what's your history with the team? Yeah, so I was, as cliche as it sounds, born bleeding blue. Uh-huh. Um, I guess I shouldn't say that now as I'm a, a journalist, but <laughs> um, I don't know. I can just never hide the fact that I love the Dodgers. And so it goes back... Um, in my family roots, we, my dad grew up in the eighties, um, became a really big fan of Fernando Valenzuela and my grandpa and my dad both together became Dodgers fans. And so when I was born, um, up in Northern California, actually, 
I grew up in Giants territory. It was <laughs> not the funnest experience, but um, yeah, so I grew up a Dodgers fan for my whole life, and uh, my fandom really grew um, at the end of middle school, the beginning of high school, and I know you guys are going to laugh, but this is like my first year of watching every single game was in 2013. <laughs> Wait, wait, and you were in you were in high school at this time or junior high? Yes, I was in high school. Oh, that's crushing. <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely crushing. But no, it's fine. Uh, uh, that's pretty good. Okay. Um, did you have uh, do you have brothers and sisters? Were they also Dodger fans? Did they help indoctrinate you, or was it more like your older relatives? It was definitely more of my um, my dad's influence. Um, he, I just grew up in a in a household where. ESPN was on all the time. Mm-hmm. So I just, there was no other option for me of um, teams to like because it was just ingrained in my brain. Um, I do have an older sister. Um, shout out to my sister, Monica. She's um, about to graduate from San Diego State. Oh, nice. Um, with a major in athletic training. Oh, sweet. So, yeah, another sports track in the East Los family. And I have a little brother who's actually seven. I think mm-hmm. he's seven. He might be eight. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's a little Dodger fan up in NorCal. So Now, you're, you know, being up in Northern California and in Giants country, where, like, I know nowadays it's a lot easier to, you know, watch games of teams when you're not in the market. But, like, how did you keep up with the Dodgers, like, doing that? Um, so it's a little... Interesting. So I have a lot of family down in Los Angeles. And so my dad used their address so we could get LA channels. So we watched awesome. all of the KCAL, all of the prime ticket back when, back when oh, we were man. on those channels. It was great. The, the fact that you said prime ticket, like, like completely it helps me deal with the fact that you were in, in high school in 2013. So like, it helps me cope a little better with that. So, <laughs> So that's good. Um, so, okay. So you're watching Dodger games. You're, you're in Northern California and then now you're in Los Angeles at USC. Um, has, how is that like sort of, um, did you, have you just relished in a chance of getting to go to more games? Have you taken advantage of that or just being around? Like, what has that been like for you? It's definitely nicer to like wear Dodger gear. I feel safer like I like uh-huh. I know I, I know I won't be attacked as much for you know wearing a blue a Dodger blue shirt. Um, in fact, people yeah. people will you know give me high fives if they see me around the area, and you know people are friendly. Whereas in in NorCal, I would just get oh my god, Dodgers suck, um, and lot lots oh. of Giants hats up there. It's it's yeah, it was a rough upbringing, but. Um, yeah, I actually went to Cal State Fullerton for my freshman year, mm-hmm. and I took the Metrolink to Union Station often. It was like a little bit of a longer trek from Fullerton to Dodger Stadium than it than it is from USC. It's it's only six miles away from where I live now, mm-hmm. um, which is which is nice. Um, I have gone to several. I haven't counted, but I would say at least. 15 to 20 in my high school my college career um yeah i'm I'm about to finish up my junior year so not not half bad um could be better 
It will be better so this summer. I, I have to say, you're you're a junior in college, so you have like a normal like college workload, and you're running the site, so you're already you're like kind of you're putting in. That's a lot of work. Like, uh, how do you mm -hmm. sort of manage the time there? Um. So, yeah, it's been a little hard, like getting into the groove of things. But mm -hmm. um, as you mentioned earlier, I'm very organized. So I created a schedule and it kind of just helps me visualize when I'll need to be writing and when I'll need to, like when the games are so that I can dedicate that time to True Blue LA and whatever gaps I have, I'll study. Um, been a, lo a lot of long nights but sure. I, I figure that my final finals week is on a, like the first week of May. So I only have mm -hmm. a few weeks of sleepless nights and I'm sure I'll get through it just <laughs> fine. Yeah. That's the best part about baseball being in the summer is there's usually, usually no school. Uh, and you know, if you're, once you get older, um, then you you might have a, like a, another job while you're also doing it or whatever, but still, you have a good head on your shoulders in terms of like managing your time. So that's pretty strong. Um, I, I would say um, on the Metrolink, uh, I don't know if you've ever done this, but you're in Fullerton. Um, so the Metrolink also has a drop off like right um, in the parking lot of a Angel Stadium. Mm -hmm. And it very rarely are the Angels and Dodgers home at the same time, but occasionally they are. And I want to say like five, six years ago or something, uh, my brother and I, uh, we did a angel day game followed by a Dodger night game and we took the train up there. It was pretty awesome. Like, it, but it is like kind of a trek, you know, but it was in terms of seeing like two games in one day, it was definitely the way to do it. So anyone who gets a chance to do that, I highly recommend it. Yeah. And you don't have to sit in traffic. That sounds nice. Yeah. It was pretty good. Um, so, okay. Before we get back to Dodger stuff. So you're at USC and you don't have to answer this, but do you think Lynn Swan should resign, be fired? Uh, it's kind of a mess over there right now. What, what are your thoughts mm -hmm. uh, on the whole thing? Um, you know what? I think I might have to keep my mouth shut yeah, that's fair. because fair. I am an employee of USC Athletics. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> completely understandable. I'm, I apologize for putting you on. What if I no, totally stop the recording? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't do that. That's fine. Um, so yeah, I, sorry about that. Uh, but no, you're fine. Uh, okay, so back to the Dodgers for a second. When you went to the the Friday game uh, the, against the Diamondbacks, the second game of the season, and you covered that game, was that your first game covering the Dodgers? Um, and like what, the previous times were just in the stands. Yep, it was okay, my first so, time <laughs> in the press you, box. And it and it went six hours. But the and your you, second you, game. <laughs> Yeah, right. You you basically like covered like my dream scenario of a game in, ter in terms of endless baseball, and you got it on your first time. What? How? How would you describe that that uh, that game? Um, it was definitely an experience. Um, with it also being my first time, um, in the clubhouse with a credential, it was. I got there pretty early, and I was still trying to figure out how things go. Um, I was super, I looked, I was a lost puppy that day. I didn't know where the clubhouse was. I didn't know how to get to the field. I didn't know where the elevators were. Um, I didn't know that I could go to the kitchen and grab a Dodger dog. Uh, it was, 
it was an interesting experience, but luckily I was, I was able to meet some people that um, were sitting around me and everybody was pretty excited for about the fact that it was my first game and they wanted me to come back very soon because hmm. then who knows what will happen next time that I come. <laughs> You're the good luck charm, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, that... so far oh, yeah. it's been just one lucky game. So hopefully I'll see if I can go to the game, the series against the Brewers. But sure. um, Now, mm-hmm. I, I think I, I mentioned this to you while you were at that game or as it was going on, but that um, I – I have always just sort of made known, made known that I wanted to cover like a 20 inning game. I was at the 18 inning world series game. So that was like close enough, but like uh, every time I bring this up, almost like all the veteran like reporters, they all like want to murder me within like a minute. And so, uh, but it's, it's sort of a joking thing, but right now, but they're like, they're like, they just, they're very mad when I bring, bring this up. Did you get, was there, did you experience not necessarily towards you, but, or did you see like complaints about how long the game was going? Anything like that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Everybody was tired. The morale in the press box was down. Um, it was pretty. <laughs> uneve- it was pretty. Un- yeah, it was pretty un- uneventful there for a few innings, several innings. Um, so you know, I I was also extremely tired. You know, I had homework to do, and but. You know, I just decided to enjoy the ball game and, you know, yeah. talk to fellow reporters. And we they talked a lot about, you know, other games we've covered that lasted really long. And it was fun. It was a good time. Yeah. At a certain point, you're just, you're just like kind of along for the ride and you, you just forget about what you're writing about, it seems like. And then you're just like, mm-hmm. well, it's going to end somehow. We'll figure it out. But yeah, like you, there's, you really can't you can't like commit to writing something like during those extra innings because it could change anyway. So like, you can't, you can't get any like prep work done that you haven't already done. So it's like very odd. You're mm-hmm. just sort of waiting for something to happen. And then it, it's very weird, but that that's good. That, that was a nice first, first, uh, first game in the press box for you. Yeah. That was a good experience. One for the, for the history books. Absolutely should we just go right into like this, like the last week or so for the Dodgers? Like what do they do or? Uh, yeah. I, th- I think we can just yeah. kind of sum up the team a little bit because most of these games have been pretty samey uh, mm-hmm. real quick. I just wanted to uh, apologize that the podcast got out a little bit late last week. Our, the editing took um, a six to seven times longer than it normally does. So mm-hmm. even though it came out on Thursday, we didn't actually cover the series against the giants, but we can go ahead and do that now. So we've had the series against the Giants and the the home opening series for the Rockies. And the series looked, especially after the sort of the early parts of the Giants series, have looked largely the same. The Dodgers get out to really big leads. The bullpen is kind of shaky, but it ends up really not mattering. And uh, the stakes are never really there for the bullpen. Kind of got there when Kenley got in the game, but not really. Should we start with the offense? We, we, we should talk about the bullpen and how... There's uh, some confidence issues there, but there's just so many gaudy stats you can talk about. Cody Bellinger obviously leads the charge, but I'm looking at it. The There are two Dodger players and all of batters, I should say, so non-pitchers, that have a on-base below 360. Two. And that includes the bench and that includes all starters. That's in crazy to me, even even small sample size. Right. AJ Pollock's at 326, and even that is like, it's like completely fine. Yeah. You know, like, and... and but yeah, everyone else is great. Like the Dodgers as a team 
have a 403 on base percentage right now. <laughs> so that's kind of ridiculous. So, I mean, look, it's like we, we talked about this. It's only 10 games. So, like, you know, things happen over a short but period any, of time. But any 10-game stretch, the, not just to start right. the season, where you have 10 games where a team is getting on base 40% of the time. That's crazy. And and almost slugging 600. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, man. That's it. Yeah. Cody Bellinger is slugging. Uh, it, I always. This is always. I don't know how you say it out loud. He's slugging a thousand twenty-three. You know, at this point, so it's pretty. It's pretty ridiculous. That's nuts. And um, in the most recent series against Colorado, the Dodgers scored twenty-nine runs. And even even though they are in Colorado and Coors Field, that's still a crazy amount of runs to score in three games. Yeah, I mean, like it, it seems like no matter what, where they are, what they're doing, like they're just they keep scoring. I always going into course field is always weird because, like, it seems like anything could happen, and like you could your your entire bullpen could be used up and screwed up for like a week after, and you just I think you just try to get through those series sometimes because they're weird, but like the way the Dodgers are scoring, like it like it just didn't matter. Like they just they just kept winning. Like and. They uh, what they beat the Rockies now like eight straight times. I mean, it helped them win. The, they only won the division by a game last year, which was against the Rockies in the tiebreaker game. But like that helped them win the division last year. Uh, and now they're off to a hot start. So like, man, it, um, you know, like we said, it's only ten games, but this is like the best possible start I think they could have had. Like just in terms of how they look so far. So we'll talk about the reason the best possible start they could have had. Maybe hinges on one pitcher. But real quick, uh, Bill Shaken tweeted out that the Dodgers have 80, they've scored 84 runs in the first 10 games, whereas the Padres have 35, the Angels have 32, and the Giants have 25. And that just puts it on the scale of 80, like we, the numbers are so big that it's easy to just kind of get lost in how crazy they are. But when you put them next to some other teams, and granted, a couple of those uh, teams aren't looking so hot, but, but the Padres have started out really well, and they, they may be the Dodgers' main competition if they're exists one for the division so the fact that they've more than doubled the scoring output through 10 games really says something i yeah and just uh just to add to the, this <clears throat> dodgers giants sort of stat um the so the the giants you said right have scored uh 25 runs in their 10 games the dodgers have hit 24 home runs <laughs> <laughs> so like no, they they almost caught them in runs in just home runs so uh that's kind of amazing so should we talk about the – do you, anyone else have any gaudy offensive stats we want to throw out before we get to, you know, the, the sort of the gray lining? I'll give you I – I have a couple. So so the Dodgers, they've scored 84 runs in 10 games. Um, the Mariners are, like, almost keeping pace with them. They actually have more home runs. They played one more game. But, like um, – but in terms of the Dodgers, the uh, 84 runs in 10 games – since like 1901, that's basically baseball's like modern era. Before they played like in in backyards, on a lot somewhere, you know, with, <laughs> with like an uh, a wiffle ball bat or something. I don't know. Ball, yeah. uh, but you're right. And so uh, in the modern era, only two teams have scored more in their first ten games than the Dodgers. Uh, the 32 Yankees scored 90 runs, and the 99 Indians, uh, which they they were always loaded back then, they scored 87 runs. So. Like, think about that. Like, all of baseball history, basically, the Dodgers are, like, scoring to start the season off, at least at an unprecedented rate. And, like, we mentioned it's just the start of the season, but, like, uh, so last year, 
there were only two 10 game stretches at any point during the season, which teams scored 84 and nobody scored more last year. And the, one of them was by the Dodgers and the other was by the Red Sox and they both made the world series. So like, <laughs> uh, I'm not saying like the guarantees anything, obviously, but like that's it a, guarantees it. It's and for, yeah. Let's just say that. Um, and then, so the other part too um, is look, we uh, the home runs, you know, we mentioned and it, it, home runs have this weird stigma that, when the when a team's scoring well, that people like try to poke holes in things, and they say, um, you know, well, the team's too reliant on home runs, as if like that was not a bad thing to have, you know. I don't know; it's weird. They just downplay it. But um, also, uh, uh, so the Dodgers had 24 home runs through 10 games. Uh, only two teams have beaten that ever, and the 28 was by the 2000 Cardinals. Um, so they're like really good there, but. I would say the the fact that the Dodgers are not they're just not only scoring with home runs. They've scored uh 35 runs with their 24 home runs. So, you know, some guys on base here and there. But that leaves 49 other runs to account for. So like even if you take away all the home runs and the runs they brought in, the Dodgers are still averaging basically five runs a game. And that's with no home runs. So like their offense is like clicking at a high that's highest possible gear right now. Well, that leads to the the downsides, and that's the bullpen, which I think has looked is better. Is that fair to say that it's looked better over the last few games? Not not every pitcher has, mind you, but it's been a little bit brighter, but still pretty darn shaky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like um, the the thing with the bullpen, like overall, it's been pretty bad, but it's like almost concentrated in like maybe three pitchers like so mm-hmm. uh and they're all these are all like fixable things i think or or at least two, two of them are um rock stewart you know only really pitched mop-up style and and like didn't didn't do well so he he was optioned out sunday that's they a brought up in San- <laughs> right and so they brought up in a santana but, i mean he's basically there for long innings or whatever but then like the other two joe kelly who's like their you know they signed to be their main setup man has been bad. Uh, he's allowed um, runs in like three of his four games, and the other game that he only faced one batter because he got hit in the wrist. So it's been like a really like bad start for him. But um, the other like the, the other main problem, or I don't know if it's the main problem, but the other problem is Yimi Garcia. Um, he's he's allowed runs in five of his six games, and I, I look like going. He had a streak last year of like seven straight appearances with a run. So like he he's allowed runs in thirteen of his last sixteen appearances, and he only he doesn't pitch like long you know outings. So uh, during that time, he has like a ten point two ERA, and he's allowed seven home runs and in only like twelve innings. So uh, he doesn't have options. But I think once like Rich Hill or Clayton Kershaw, whichever one's back first, I think Gimme is like probably going to be designated for assignment or just. He's going to be one of the guys to go because he just hasn't really done much. Um, and so I think, you know, Kelly, obviously they, they have to figure him out. But like in terms of the rest of it, I think once you get like, say, Julio Urias uh, pitching those innings in the bullpen and Ross Stripling eventually, once like the rotation is back in order, I think then it becomes stronger and it will help. But so that that's, the, I guess, if there's a downside, at least it's a fixable downside uh, to me. Yeah, and I think um, they've been taking steps. Um, as you mentioned, Santana got um, recalled, and he had a great outing um, on Sunday against the Rockies. He only gave up a run in two and two-thirds of an inning. Of in- Yeah, 
Um, and Joe Kelly, it seems, yesterday he got um, on Sunday he was um, given the victory um, in the game against the Rockies. He didn't look great, but again, the Dodgers offense just is so on fire that um, the Dodger bats saved him. He did give up two earned runs. His ERA is fourteen forty, which is <laughs> not great <laughs> for a reliever. But um, I think I'm going to go out on a limb and limit say it's not great for any pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I think things are starting to. Roberts is tr- starting to kind of figure it out. Um, but as you'd mentioned, Eric, it would it's definitely going to be a lot better once the starting rotation is back in order. Yeah. And then I guess one other positive on the bullpen, there's been, you know, some positives, but uh, Kelly Jansen has looked really good and uh, he pitched very effectively in Denver on Saturday. Uh, He got a four out save and like everyone was worried because like his entire career, every time he's had like um, heart issues, it's been like in Denver. Um, And then he had the surgery in the off season to sort of correct that. And like, he looked absolutely fine. So, like, uh, that was pretty cool. So, like, from a health standpoint and just from Kenley being effective, uh, that's been a real positive. And also, Kenley Jensen got to bat in that game on Saturday. He Well, he, he got to stand in the batter's box. They weren't they weren't really letting him swing, but he did take six pitches uh, and, and struck out. But uh, I think uh, it was pretty solid. Yeah, and um, to go off of what you had mentioned about um, his – irregular heartbeats in Denver. Um, Pedro Mora tweeted that Kenley Jansen has been drinking seven liters of water per day in oh, Denver. His doctor advised him to drink a lot. So I think seven. Seven liters. <laughs> I like, think I think it's safe to say he was a little bit worried. <laughs> wow. I like that's that's a lot. Like I, I I go through phases where I drink a lot of water, but like that seven is like too much. Like it's just like, I, I think I top out at like four, maybe if on a, like a, on a very heavy water, heavy day. Seven is a lot. That's, that's yeah. impressive. But it, it worked for him. He got that four out save on Saturday. He just had the really sure. key. He had to get uh, out of there. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a good point. Um, well, Liz, I can't thank you enough for, for joining. Thank you. Um, you know, or like what you're bringing to the site so far. I think it's been, been going great. Uh, we're happy to have you on the podcast, and I'm sure we'll have you on again. Um, thanks thanks so much for everything, and we'll, um, we'll talk to you later. Yeah, thanks, guys, for having me. Well, I'm glad we were able to get her on. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, we don't have a ton of guests on this show, like, we, you know, a lot, so it's always good to sort of go out of the our norm uh, because it was, it was really good. She brought a lot to the table, and we're glad to have her at the site. Yeah, it puts less uh, less on our plate, so we can do you know do the what we like doing best, which is tell bad jokes. I laugh yeah. at them; it'll be good. Well, uh, you know what else we like this, to do? Yeah. Well, 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 you know what, what? What do we like to do? I don't. I don't we I love don't. answering questions from our good friend Craig Minami. That's absolutely true, and I just want to say the let's just say good jokes. There's no such thing <laughs> as a bad joke or a bad pun. We have five questions from Craig. The first one yep. is: Sure, it's small sample size, but I like the two of you to pick how many of the current rate stats, and he's got three for us, are most likely to happen for the rest of the season. You ready? Mm-hmm. The Dodgers continue the average two doubles a game. 
as they give us some context, 2017 Dodgers averaged almost to uh, 1.97, and 2018 averaged 1.82. Uh-huh. So do you think do you think the 2019 Dodgers will average two or more doubles a game? I I don't think that, but too many uh, home runs. Uh, yeah, right. Like <laughs> I, unless unless they like stop at second and just go, you know, I'm good after hitting it over the fence. They just like. I want to try for the cycle today. I know I'm going to hit another home run, so uh, I'll just stop at second on this one. No, yeah, I think they'll probably fall just short of that. Yeah, somewhere between those two numbers sounds right to me. Next, and this is where this and this will be interesting. Five point six walks per game, the highest rate ever was in two thousand with four point twelve, and the two thousand seventeen average uh, four, and then two thousand eighteen big dip three point eighteen. Yeah, I think. I think they'll set a franchise record for walks per game this year. That's how, that's kind of how I wanted to put one. it. Like, because five point yeah. six seems too high to me, but I also yeah. think they might. They'll probably they have a really good shot at setting the record. Right. So I think that um, that's a very good possibility. So the next one is what we've been talking about most of the episode: home runs per game. They're currently mm-hmm. averaging two point four per game. Uh, <laughs> the franchise record was last year one point four four. So he's just going wants to know if 2019 will continue this trend and break the record. So I I do hmm, two thousand uh, two hundred thirty five home runs is a lot, right? That's what they had last year. That um, that was the franchise record. Um, it led the National League. It didn't lead the uh, majors because um, the uh, the Yankees over in the American League set a major league record with home runs. So. The Yankees hit uh, last year. They hit 267. Just to give you perspective, that is um, 1.65 per game. So when the Dodgers at 2.4, that's just like it just can't be kept up, you know? Like that's not possible. The Dodgers in their franchise record last year, and they did play the extra game, uh, they were 1.44. Mm-hmm. I think they're in that like you could – they're probably good for like 240 at least and maybe more. Um so I do think they'll set a franchise record. I don't know if they'll break the major league record, but um, I, I think that's wrong. Of the three that Craig asked, like I think they're most likely to, um, I think, set the franchise walk record. Uh, maybe not, obviously not the current pace, but then the home run record, I, I would say they're likely to, but um, just given the fact it's relatively high and they just set it last year, Maybe that's a hard number to beat. So over the course of the season, so that's that's the only pause I have. Uh, I will that. say I'm a little yeah. more bullish on the home run record than you. Sure, I don't. I'm sure. not saying it's a lock by any stretch, but I think they will. So uh, before we go to the next question, for this I had a couple notes, and this sort of ties into that. The Dodgers as a team uh, franchise record for home runs in April, and this is in quotes April because any March games count for April in terms of like baseball splits or whatever so and this year was obviously different because they played four games in march so um in 2000 the dodgers hit 41 home runs in april they only played 24 games because it was just they started later those years so uh the dodgers already have 24 so like that's it's a very safe bet they they still have 22 games left in the month so for them to hit 17 more to tie the record i think that's a very very safe bet um it's very possible if the dodgers in their next 14 games can hit those 17 home runs. They can match that uh, that 2000 number 
in the same number of games. So I think that they're gonna they're gonna break their April record of home runs. They might in April break their overall record for home runs, which was set last year. Yeah, so which is in the fifties. Um, so this is the big month. Um, the other thing to look out for April is Matt Kemp. He hit twelve home runs in twenty three games in two thousand twelve in April. Cody Bellinger, with the benefit of March, has the four extra games, but uh, he's at seven. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot. There's 22 games left in April for the Dodgers. So if he can hit five more home runs, he'd match Kemp. Um, obviously, there's more games, but, hey, that's that's the nature of the business. I'm excited to see him do it in my game on Thursday. <laughs> so, oh, all right. So he's going to hit – let's say he'll hit uh, four home runs in the first three games of the series. That's a conservative estimate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he hits, like, three in your game. And he hands and then- me the bat. It's gonna be great. That's right. I'm really looking. Well, because you you trade you he gives you the bat because you give him two of the balls that you caught <laughs> for the home runs. So well, it'd be pretty I, amazing. Uh, if I'm catching balls, they're fouls. I'll, I'll be sitting pretty no, close well, to the Dodgers dugout. Am I heading to the outfield just during his at bats? Yes, you're gonna be okay. walking the stadium and then <laughs> on the concourse, he's gonna hit it over the stands. I'm assuming. Um, or maybe you're just going to be. Do they still have Big Mac Land? In, um, you know, I don't I, think uh, so. But oh, okay, man. So you know, what? just to be safe, you should go to the arch. Go to the arch when he bats, and then uh, <laughs> okay. there's a very possibility you're going to get at least one home run ball. The franchise record is eight Dodgers scoring seventy runs in a season. The 2017 team had five players do it. Um, how many Dodgers will score seventy or more runs this season? So that's, um, I th- five is tough. I, I think it's more likely that they sort of do something like that because they're they have a more of a set lineup this year, at least to start. Mm-hmm. Um, you you know, Corey Seager's back, so he's the everyday shortstop. Justin Turner, obviously, at third. Cody Bellinger is going to play whether it's right field or first base, depending on how they maneuver stuff. Um, and then AJ Pollock's basically everyday. Obviously, he's not been he's been um you know injured a lot and so that's sort of the only thing that keeps him off the field uh and so i think there's a chance for them to sort of do that uh, justin turner's missed time with injury the last few years so that's a possibility too so it makes it difficult i think it's a good chance they do get the five though uh so i, I will say i don't know if they're going to get like more than that because it's difficult maybe Kike if he could still you know he's been playing a lot too uh maybe he could do it but I think uh, I think it's a good chance they get those five five again. The next question we kind of already covered. He wants to know if Cody Ballinger can set the record uh, for home runs in April. So if we don't count March, do you think he can get it? So he's he's at um, three home runs in in April, mm-hmm. and there are twenty two games left. Um, like if you, I don't see. I don't think he's. He, he certainly can. Like he, he would have to hit not uh, what nine to tie. Um, I just don't think it's likely. So I, I think, uh, let's say, even if you go, if, if, you, if someone hits a home run like every three games, they're like it's a fifty-four home run pace for the season. So if he hits seven in the last twenty-two games, like that's basically a fifty homer pace. And that's very good. And that would only give him ten for April. So I don't think he's gonna he's gonna break it just in April. I think he will break it using March and April. Okay. Yeah. I, but, I, uh, that seems we talked about it. It seems like a pretty darn good bet. One other Cody Bellinger note: he was named the National League Player of the Week today. So shocker. Uh, Are you sure? He was. You a, sure it wasn't he John was Peterson? 
That's right. I like <laughs> Jock well, Peterson. I, I'm being so mean. Christian Yelich won it last week, and Cody Bellinger and Jock Peterson were named as uh, other noteworthy performers. So uh, clearly, you know, Jock Peterson's greatness was not understated. All right. This is the question you've been looking forward to, and I know yeah. that. Best canned or bottled iced tea, Snapple, Arizona Lipton, et cetera, uh, and any particular flavors you like? I absolutely have um, uh, a favorite here. Um, so he mentioned brands, right? Like I'm, I'm almost okay with most brands. Like um, they're uh, my go-to flavor, I will say, is peach. Okay. Um, if So if I have to have a flavor, I see. So if I'm at home, uh, and they go to the grocery store. The air they have the Arizona like gallon jug, and they have a, a, a like a um, uh, no sugar uh, peach iced tea, which is uh, which is great. I like that a lot, and I use that sometimes. Uh, but I a lot of, I just buy. I also have bought like bags and make it myself. But um, in terms of the best, I would say this. So from going to Arizona a lot, I stopped at QT, which was like a um, Quick sort trip. of a higher end, yeah. Quick trip, yeah. They're they're, they're based in, I think Tulsa is their base, but they have okay lots and lots in Missouri and Kansas. So is my go to convenience store. I, I grew up with Seven Eleven and AMPM, and like while those are very, they're more traditional, I think, convenience stores. But like these are almost like expanded, like super convenience stores in a way because they offer so much and a lot of prepared food as well. Um, so I would that was my go to stop forever in spring training and. Uh, the, they have bottled iced tea that's, it's two for $2 or like a buck 39 each or something. And I would grab those like in the morning and take them to, uh, wherever I was. And, um, but yeah, they have a QT unsweetened peach iced tea. That was excellent. It is excellent. I think that's probably my favorite. Other than that, it's probably like, uh, the Arizona one if I'm going local. Well, you know what my favorite brand of iced tea is, <laughs> but Coca-Cola. I, nice. I, I really do not like iced tea. I oh. Hot tea I can be okay with, and mm-hmm. maybe it's... Uh, I really like pu'er tea, which I okay. think you can maybe make iced, but certainly Snapple in Arizona aren't going to have iced pu'er tea. So if they ever do that, maybe, maybe I'll come around, but generally don't like it. But boy, do I love cola tea. Is that, can we call it that? Sure. So uh, I'm assuming what you're drinking now is not only Coke Zero, but Cherry Coke Zero. You are is correct. that correct? The greatest so, of flavors. They just, uh, Coke has been advertising this recently. They just added like orange vanilla uh, Coke. Yeah, I've seen thing. that. It sounds gross I, to me. I didn't realize it was also, I, well, I, I was at my cousin's yesterday and we were we got to talk about this. She had uh, Cherry Coke Zero as well. Uh, and I'll say this. So my cousin um, is uh, does a uh, is a commercial baker. She makes cakes for like weddings and events and things. And she's very awesome at it. They, they're like amazingly decorated, mm-hmm. but she has like a commercial fridge in her garage because she like bakes a lot of stuff at home. She, one of the rooms in her house that was converted into another like commercial kitchen. So it's pretty great. Um, but so she holds, has a lot of stuff in that, in that fridge out in the garage. And, um, she had some Coke zero, cherry Coke zero out there yesterday. And I, I grabbed one. And as I, it was like on the top shelf, and as I grabbed it, like it was in the twelve pack um, sleeve or whatever, mm-hmm. and that like started the dam breaking, and like three of them like flew out, <laughs> and uh, but the best was that they landed, but they they didn't land on the ground. They landed in the box of eggs because she has so she buys eggs by the box, you know, because they're she uses them so often. 
But I just remember it was like a scene from a, like a it was like almost the I Love Lucy um, infection kind scene. Of thing. Yeah, and, and so I was like, oh no! And then all of a sudden it's like crack, 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 and then like they all landed on the egg. So it was like this mess. And like, <laughs> but it didn't get it. It was like well contained within the box. So it was actually it was a very easy cleanup. And I was just like laughing. I was like, this is ridiculous. But um, so I had that. But she we, she was mentioning the um, orange vanilla. I said, do they even make it in diet? That's where she's like, I speak of the devil. I have some orange vanilla coke zero so she gave me one i've never tried it i took it home and i saved for the podcast so as you open yours i i'm opening mine right now okay oh yeah so good sound we'll see i'm generally not an orange vanilla fan i like orange i like i like creamsicles a lot but in yeah, if, it, whenever they've tried to translate it to almost anything right. else not a fan i'm same same here so I, i'm trying it right now i'm really excited for for this verdict this i I didn't expect to like it, uh-huh. uh, but it's it's better than I expected. I'm not I'm not fully on board okay. yet, but I haven't finished the can. But like it's good. It, it's like if they I wish, I almost wish they just made like just orange Coke Zero, like re, like regular like that. So but it's a so good how, taste. How vanilla orangey is it versus cola e is it? So uh, so I've never been like a cream soda guy, and mm-hmm. it, it that's what turns me off. And so there's enough of a hint to where I'm like. I'm not going to drink a lot of this, um, but it's 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 pretty good. Like it's not like I could I could mix it in every once in a while. It's 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 not bad. All right, rotation player. Right, exactly. That you know a lot of major leaguers would kill for that. So yep. Last question. I've joked about Mike Trout being the best player in my lifetime in either the major league in, in the major league in MLB, NBA, or NFL that I might watch that I might watch play the least in his career and mm-hmm. your time watching sports, who is the one great player that you think you never got to see play? So, so he mentioned sports. So we, I'm, I'm not necessarily limiting this to baseball. I, I, so. I might. And that's only because I would go to, I, in both the NBA and the NFL, I, I'm a fan of the Indiana sports team, a Colts fan, sure. of Pacers fan and Laker tickets tended to be expensive. So I would go to a Laker Pacers game every three years and I would frequently go to the Clippers Pacers game, but that's it. Uh, and there weren't a lot of greats on the Clippers. So, and the, even my beautiful, beautiful Pacers, you know, I, I got to see in terms of an all time great Reggie Miller. And then you can make an argument down the line for Paul George. So in basketball and in football and honestly, even in hockey, I really probably, there's probably a lot of greats. I didn't get to get to see play. So I, I might have to limit myself to baseball, and that I have to do some thinking. Now I was going to ask: Do you think do, do you think Craig meant see in person or just see? That's in what general? I assume. That's what I assume. Okay, good because it, well, for if it's just see in person, the regret I have is never seeing Magic Johnson play. Mm. I watched countless number of games on TV and was a huge fan, but I just never went to a Laker game growing up. Laker so, tickets are not cheap. <laughs> right. And so, like, um, the, the time, I think the first time I went to a Laker game was, like, 94, 95. That was in between, you know, uh, Magic and then his sort of return the next year. But So I never I never got to see him play in person. I, I regret he's my all-time favorite athlete. Um, so it's that. If we're just going baseball, um, off the top of my head, it's probably, like, Tom Seaver mm. or, or something like that. Um the yeah i but that's i'm just sort of guessing at this point like uh but yeah that that's a good that's a good question uh, you know maybe uh going further back i guess he never 
he was never active when I was alive, so this doesn't count. As, but like Wilt Chamberlain, I would have loved to see him play just the the mismatch of it, you know, like how how huge he was and like overpowering. Because I re- one of the things that I've always considered myself fairly lucky is two players that came to my mind when I thought I would think of this question a lot um, over the last few years and over the last decade, I thought, Oh, I'm never going to see Greg Maddox or Roger Clemens pitch. And then I got to see each of them pitch. Uh, I actually saw was Greg Maddox's last game was as a, uh, was I think game five in one of the NCLS in, in LCSs against the Phillies. I think he did mop-up duty in the three-air Raphael for call game, and I was there yep. for that. It was the nice silver lining of that, and I got to see Roger Clemens had, I think, one start in Dodger Stadium in that last his last season, and I was there for that. So, um, Oh, I, wait. Did I go to that game with you? Was that a Dodger Thoughts game? That might have been. I was in the bleachers. Okay, maybe not. Okay. But I, we I, might have been that, both you know, there. You know I, was at that game, I was at that game with my brothers, so yeah, I, I remember that too. Um, you mentioned, um, the Clippers is in sort of that going to Pacers Clippers stuff. Just shout out real quick to Ralph Lawler, who's retiring at the end of the season. They, um, the Clippers are in the playoffs, so he has a little bit going on, but that's one of the great sort of announcers he's, he's been announcing forever. And he, he like very rarely misses a game and gave us and Lawler's law. Also, Lawler law, bingo, uh, <laughs> like, Oh my, you know, like they're not Dick Enberg. Oh my, oh me, oh my, I think it's his uh, thing. But um, also shout out to him. He lives like in like Palm Desert area or, you know, right out of Palm Springs and he commutes to Clippers games. So good on him. Uh, that's, I, res- I respect it. Well, oh wait, no, I was about to wrap us up, but you in the last in 10 minutes before we recorded, put together a Dodgers rewind, didn't you? I did. Uh, I will say this. I don't want to go too deep behind the curtain, but let's just assume we have all this meticulously planned out. <laughs> and <laughs> this has been thought about for weeks. Uh, no, uh, I, sometimes as was the case this week, I'm like, Oh yeah, I need to come up with the Dodgers <laughs> rewind like roughly 10 minutes before we start recording. And I, okay. So uh, we're talking about Cody Bellinger is hot start. Um, he has seven home runs already in quote unquote April. Um, so I looked at like the Dodgers who had, um, seven home runs in April before. And there's not actually a ton because it's a pretty high number, but like the one, excuse me, the one that stood out as the most obscure was Franklin Stubbs. Uh, 1987, he had exactly seven home runs in April. He played 22 games. He had six home runs in the first like 16 games. I want to say at some point, I think, I think Stubbs was leading the majors, if not the National League, in home runs at like uh, whatever that day that was. It was like a Sunday game or something. He hit two home runs. And I just remember that. I'm like, dang, this is weird. Like, he obviously didn't end up doing much with it. He, this was in 1987. The Dodgers were in the, like, the second, um, uh, the second straight, like, 89 loss year. It, It sort of made them overhaul the team a little bit, which is what fueled the 88 World Series run. Uh, but so he was, um, playing a lot. He ended up hitting 16 home runs the whole year. So he only hit nine after April to give you an idea. (laughs) But, um, I just thought he was, um, one of those guys, you know, I don't want to say what kind of was like people knew about park factors, but maybe not as much as they do now back then. But he was one of those guys who dominated Albuquerque and like, didn't, he was like a decent hitter in the majors, but almost slightly average for his career. But like, not never really translated. He uh, he had some really good years in Albuquerque, 
but it didn't really translate. He was first round pick in 82 out of Virginia Tech. Um, and he ended up playing for the Dodgers for six years, including, uh, you know, uh, for the 88 team. He he started at first base all five games of the World Series that year. He was five for 17 with two doubles. So he had a pretty decent series. Um, played a little bit of outfield, too. Um, his best year was like right after he left the Dodgers, he went to Houston in 1990, he had 23 home runs. He had a 124 OPS plus. Um, he actually had a higher OPS plus with the Dodgers in 89, but he had only had like 120 plate appearances. He wasn't really playing a lot. That's part of the reason he, they shipped him. But, um, yeah, he was very, he was pretty productive, like just, uh, but you know, not, not terribly great or anything, but just one of those players that was kind of like along for the ride and, and did some things occasionally, including that, that big April in 1987. So um, the other thing I'd say, he, he coached um, the, in the minors uh, for them, for the Dodgers for from 2009, 2015, mostly like hitting coach, things like that. He, he did uh, all the three main levels uh, from Rancho to Chattanooga at the time, which was double A and then Albuquerque. And then they switched to Oklahoma city. So, uh, he's still a coach in the majors. He's coaching for um, Hillsboro this year, and I meant to look this up beforehand, but I'm looking it up now. Um, so I forgot which what's their uh, – oh, so they're a Diamondbacks. So he, he's been with the Diamondbacks now for a couple of years since he left the Dodgers coaching in their minors. So that's what's going on with Stubbs now. But, yeah, he was a Dodger and part of the 88 team, so uh, always sort of connected to them in that way. But, yeah, hot April for him in 1987. Well, hopefully Cody Belger doesn't fall off like he did. I, I, That's know, right. I, I have a little more. I have some confidence in Cody. Well, I will say this. So, like, you know, Cody hit 39 home runs in his rookie year. And, like, Stubbs in his best two Dodger years combined for 39 home runs. So, I think, I, I think I'm comfortable saying that Cody Bellinger is already better than Franklin Stubbs was. So. <laughs> Well, so I guess, I guess that's as good a note as any to go out on. Cody Bellinger's still on fire, still on pace for triple digits and home runs, which will surely hold up over the whole year. If not in case. Uh, including, yeah, right. Well, after the St. Louis series, for sure. Um, but yeah, thanks to Liz Islas, who is on. Um, and thanks to her work at True Blue LA. And we will uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody.